Hello, welcome to another weekly podcast at Azure Centric. Uh, once again, we are here with my good friend Andrew to talk about this crazy, busy week that mm. we had uh, on Azure. Uh, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, probably they are listening to us. <laughs> and for that, I thank you uh, for listening <laughs> to us and all the subscribers and all the channel, all the help that you guys are giving to the channel. Um, and it's really great to to hear your feedback that you guys are, mm. are liking all of these uh, news, the way that we comment the news and associate the news to uh, your world, what is important, how you can apply or not can apply. Um, it's really good to hear the feedback, the good and the bad. It just makes us a better, right, Andrew? But this Absolutely. this week, I don't know what happened on Microsoft. I think well, I have a theory. I think it's the pre-Christmas push, and oh I can only—I'm uh, kind of making a bit of an assumption here, but I think the Microsoft teams are getting ready to help Santa to deliver toys to all the little boys and girls around the world, oh and all little drops of Azure sweetness. So uh, I think, you know, with that said, we had, uh, there was over 40 uh, updates yeah, for sure. Yeah, My math yeah. is bad, but it might be closer to 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just want to tranquilize uh, you that you are listening uh, and seeing this podcast. Um, don't forget to subscribe before, uh, before I, I forget to mention that to just help us mm -hmm. and to just like and comment um, all of these. And if you want to share among your your peers please do uh, it's the idea is to spread this to just even more um and to to just make this as 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 an informal way that you can be updated because if this happens and we were caught uh not out of surprise but we caught on a surprise that they release i think over 50 or over 40 or whatever was it the math uh, since last podcast that we recorded, um, mm -hmm. we are not doing this live, so we have to record before. <laughs> uh, we will probably do this live uh, on on the New Year's. That's a, a, a good feedback that that's we right. got. Um, we will try to. So that's that's a good segue because I kind of now you're going to find out live with the rest yeah. of the world here as we record this, but. Uh, I have actually, uh, as you know, last week we were playing with a platform for live streaming, you and I, yeah. and I have actually got mine all set up now. Oh, so, okay. uh, we are, we are close to that mere days away from yeah. doing some additional live stream events. And I think there will come a day, uh, you're probably right in the new year that we will do some special uh, live event yeah. things and we may do um, you know some recordings of course still because I really love how uh, you can use SoundCloud and uh, kind of listen offline. It's really helpful. I know here in Calgary when I take the train and I'm going to someone's office so I'll travel from my home, I go for a bit of a walk and then take the train for about uh, 20 minutes, get into downtown and walk to the office and it's really helpful to have the offline download. Yeah. Um, if you have, you know, things like YouTube Premium or SoundCloud, which is free, um, yeah. you know, there is a line in the middle. There was a semicolon there. Maybe I didn't take enough of a breath. YouTube Premium, uh, semicolon, 
and then a free service, SoundCloud, <laughs> to download offline on yeah. your mobile. But um, nonetheless, uh, I think it's it's really fun, and I really love where we're going. And you know, again, uh, I'd love to uh, want to echo your words and say thank you uh, to our listeners and subscribers. Absolutely, and absolutely subscribe. Uh, we hit a top ten this past week, which uh, you know you you actually caught me by surprise. Uh, never on my radar did I think we would hit a top ten for anything like that. Yeah, as an Azure but podcast, we did stress list, we, right? But and it's and it's and it's with your help. So so thank you. So just to use the the, the shameless plug of Andrew uh, regarding this podcast, it's not only on Spotify, uh, on, on on SoundCloud. You can see on Spotify on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Just search for uh, Azure Centric. Uh, just go there and, and you will see. Uh, we made it to the 10, uh, top 10 Azure podcasts that you want to follow with our fans of Microsoft and other, mm -hmm. other um, IT professionals and MVPs as well. So that's thanks to you. Um, yeah, it's quite an honor. Quite, quite an, honor. an honor. I'm very humble to do that, and it's it just gives you a little bit more work. So we have a very long <laughs> podcast. Let's start. Let's dive into we, it. Yeah. Uh, because so first up, we have uh, let's see, did I get this right? Harness analytical and predictive power with Azure Synapse Analytics. Yes, you can uh, read. Kind of a fun <laughs> update because uh, it's really the unification of all of the different things, right? So it unifies the experience, uh, unifies the analytics, brings data teams in, and uh, kind of mixes in some machine learning as well, right? Yeah. So uh, we're really starting to enter now uh, the kind of the graphical implementations of big data. So uh, I know down our list, uh, gosh, somewhere down there, we need to forecast. Uh, we need a supercomputer is what we need to do all the forecasting for these updates this week. But we have uh, some really cool updates about um, KQL and kind of removing the uh, need to learn specific languages and making these data analysis tools more generic. Yeah and less niche skilled, exactly. uh, which I think is important. Uh, there's a big emphasis on bringing in uh, all kinds of different people, bringing in different career paths. Um, you and I kind of earlier today, we talked about uh, people who use Power BI and maybe business analysts, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we want to bring in as many people as we can into the Azure uh, ecosystem yeah. to use those products Absolutely. and analyze this data. Absolutely. And this is a big step for that. It is. So uh, I think that's about all I can say. <laughs> no, we, we have a lot more, but we don't have time for that. We don't want to make this podcast. Well, I think we beat the record last week. We don't want to beat the record <laughs> constantly. We don't want to, to, to bore to death all our um, uh, viewers and subscribers and, and listeners. Um, and especially you that you are listening right now. Um, but this is this is cool. Uh, we already start talking about Synapse, the previous podcast last week. Uh, this is mm -hmm. another way, as you see, as you're starting to see all of these podcasts, uh, that we are moving away or we're moving forward, not moving away. We are moving forward uh, on into this uh, evolution that we are seeing. And this is another way. Um, it's very simple. Uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm not an expert on machine learning on AI. 
um, as Andrew, I think it isn't as well. But we like to, to play with new tools and be able to have code free. I'm not a, usually when you're talking about AI, uh, if you step a little bit back, we're talking about learning Python. I'm not the Python guy. Exactly. Um, I can no. I can do a little bit, or I can do uh, Terraform. I can do um, PowerShell. I can do a little bit of Java, .NET. But Python, it's not my it's not my 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 wheelhouse. Yeah. So VB VB.net. Uh, yeah. You're talking about my neighborhood Java <laughs> and Python. Uh, it's been so a you li you live on VB.net. I didn't know that we have a neighbor uh, that, that in Calgary. Uh, I have done a little bit of VB.net, mm. uh, but not a whole lot recently. I try to stay away from it when I can. <laughs> as you may remember, I did start my career as a programmer in VB6. And then, and then you just upgrade your career. I'm just kidding. I I love I love developers. Brand new. It's the first day I've seen <laughs> Azure. Uh, <it's... laughs> yeah. I thought we were talking about beautiful vistas uh, at first. Oh, but, don't talk uh, about you know, vista. Here we are, that's a taboo. Technology. That's, Who knew? That's taboo over here. Uh, let's move on. Okay. Uh, we have a, we have a lot of talk. Uh, let's let's move on. Um, Azure automation. Oh my God. Uh, a what we can say, uh, automation is is running the is ruling the world. So now it moves to Norway East. So and this is a good mm -hmm. way uh, to just show to to everyone that Azure is global presence, and it's it's Absolutely. really it's really fun just to see how they are how they are moving away with all of these um, with all of these new regions. And everything, right? Um, so mm -hmm. Azure Automation well, is now available on Nor Norway East region. So it's or not all the services are available in all the regions, right? Well, absolutely, right. So yeah, and that's why uh, you know uh, I think you and I we try to mention when uh, a service hits availability preview or uh, general GA in uh, in a newer region when they uh, publish these announcements. Yeah. So uh, one of the things uh, that's cool about Azure Automation, of course, is the scalability, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, you do it once and apply it many thousands of times. Um, it's the whole premise of Azure. And the whole idea is being scalable, scaling yeah. up, scaling down, scaling in, scaling out. All of these kind of core, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Marcos? Uh, kind of core ideas. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, scale. and automation uh, allows to do that and allows to 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 automate a lot of those processes that you need to do it right. So it's another thing. But Please. talking about uh, northern, uh, in this case, uh, northern European data centers, here comes a new one. Uh, welcome to our friends of Denmark, uh, because very soon, um, I think this is close to to Lapland where Santa is, right? If I'm not mistaken, if my geography, well, you know, it doesn't say... Uh, there is so, yeah, there's a lot of competing theories on uh, where Santa really lives. And is it uh, St. Nicholas? Is it Nick? Is it Santa? Uh, you know, no matter what he's known as around the world, the important thing is, is Azure is establishing new data centers. <laughs> exactly. And he's going closest to, to, to Santa. So again, Denmark, it's on development. 
Uh, I think this is this is a very exciting news that they will have a region yeah. in in Denmark. And another thing is um, this is a Azure data center. It's not one of exactly. those partners. It's a fully Azure data center. So it's All managed by Microsoft. Microsoft. And that's the part and that I'm really the, excited about it. Yeah, and one of the things that gets me excited, even though we live uh, in Alberta, uh, fantastic province, by the way, excellent country in Canada. However, uh, I am a big fan of having multiple sources of things. Just like, you know, we don't want to have one network feed to our home. Yeah. Um, tell us, I'm talking about you. Come on, pick things up. <laughs> Let's. I uh, have a news about that about renewable energy. Yes, right. I know you have a you have a special thing that you're excited oh about. Oh my but, god! Uh, yes. I'm still waiting for them to do my neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That said, um, we talked last week about Sweden um, yeah. reaching 100% uh, renewable yeah. energy. If you uh, remember uh, a whole week ago, but um, now in this announcement I saw for the new region they're going to build out in Denmark. Um, they are also going to be 100% yeah. renewable energy based. Yeah. Really cool stuff. So this, you know, solar, wind, and they're going to measure it. They're using Azure IoT, Azure Sphere, all these Azure technologies to tell us about the different metrics with their electric feeds. That's freaking awesome. It is. I mean, this is what it's about. And it's, it's a good standard just to see that um, it's not only on the existing centers that Microsoft have, uh, that, but on the new ones, now this is a new standard, a standard of uh, be able to just doing 100% renewable um, and everything. It's really is really um, uh, motivating uh, to just continue. And again, I think we talked this about two or three podcasts ago or two weeks ago um, that the spread when we're talking about that awesome uh, blog post of our good friend, uh, mm. Mr. Rusunovic, the CTO of Azure, that we have over 60. So when we are doing this, we have 61 uh, because this is a new region that is being brought to life, that is in development, right? So let's let's move on to the, to the next one. Uh, I'm not saying that this is not interested. It's just because we have a very, very long list. We have about over 20 updates to cover and we are only awesome. on the fourth like, exactly yes and we have to keep it under an hour this week that yes was, uh, that was a long haul last week yeah so we will try to so, resume a lot of things but there are a lot of topics that we are passionate about and we will apologize in advance so exactly that's uh 15 minutes is the target one hour is the reality right? so <laughs> it time at least for us Public preview so, on Azure uh, Data, Ex Data Explorer dashboards. This is an October exactly. update, so this is right? The, the preview for the October update. So, you know, here we are in December. They've done the development. Uh, their October update is now pushed into preview tenants. So, if you're using um, ADX, Azure Data Explorer, uh, I know it should be ADE, I think, maybe, but okay. Um, so, they've added cascading filters. Uh, and clickable URLs and tables, which is actually really cool. And again, uh, kind of these updates to me are all pushing in one direction, and that is better usability yeah. for less technical people. You just saw so my clickable words. Clickable links. Yeah, so I, I actually go the other way. 
Um, so on Twitter this week, there was a question published, and I'm going to not remember the name right now because that would be really helpful. Um, one of the Microsoft pros, the one of the programmers on one of the teams, had asked, do you still use Windows Notepad? And I had to weigh in. I don't answer a lot of things on Twitter, but uh, I did answer that because, yes, I do. I use it every day. Uh, mainly to remove formatting. Uh, one of the things that frustrates me is you try to paste in a link and it automatically hyperlinks it. It drives me crazy. Just give me the URL. If I want it as a link, I'll make it one. You know one thing? <laughs> but again, Re we're not normal users, right? Yeah. Then this is part of the challenge. Regarding that, uh, interesting or not, I see, I see that tweet as well, but I was about to reply because I don't use anymore a Notepad or Notepad++. I use now because, and especially when I did upgrade to the Azure Centric blog um, through the through the new CI/CD and using all uh, serverless services and Azure Azure DevOps and everything else, I started to use a lot of Markdown and use Visual Studio Code for that. So mm -hmm. now my uh, notes and everything else is on Visual Studio Codes. And I use that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the best way because Notepad is a very essential and very basic text editor. Um, but um, Azure, uh, what I found is with with my Visual Studio Code, I was able to perform everything. And if I'm really interesting on that, um, I can save the document and that's the beauty. I save the document and when I save on that extension file that I want, the magic happens. And that's the part that I had to learn Markdown on the last months to just, and that's the way that I use uh, for, for example. And, and this is a very good, uh, good segue, uh, right? That we have uh, for, the, for the next one, that is the Grafana. Grafana comes yeah. into as a query editor um, on Data Explorer in public preview. Um, so exactly. it's the way that you can, uh, and we were talking about this before, is the way that we are not experts on, or at least we are not DBAs, um, that we have long experience of querings and, and, and optimizing queries and everything else. And even for the, the, the person that they want to explore this, like we want to to learn a little bit more. This is very cool because Grafana Query Editor, you don't need to uh, know the Quost, oh, what do you say? Quost to Query Language. Quost uh, Query Language. Yeah. So I remember last year being on a flight uh, out of Calgary. We, I think I was flying to one of our client sites uh, that you and I had together last year. And... I was watching a video uh, on Pluralsight from Tim Warner, one of my favorite trainers, actually he uh, and yourself, definitely my inspiration for looking at being a Microsoft certified trainer. Um, Thank you. Just, I, I know I'm going down like a third path here, but <laughs> bear with me. I, I promise I won't be long. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> But I think, um, you know, for me, it's uh, Custo query language is one of the things that can hold other people back. 
And one of the things that I've learned uh, over the years from you and Tim Warner is that we shouldn't let lack of knowledge hold us back. And I, it can sound silly out of context, but um, again, we can go and learn things. Um, you know, when you're spending time commuting or, you know, uh, on the train, uh, if you're on a plane, whatever, uh, maybe on a, uh, you know, you're, you're on a bus, whatever, uh, just watch a video, uh, listen to a podcast. And, uh, I've actually been really lucky that I've been able to, uh, kind of soak up that knowledge from different training courses. Um, I find reading textbooks doesn't work for me. So watching videos with people that I can kind of relate to a little bit and I feel like uh, communicate things well to me, that really works. And it's one of the things I love about Microsoft Learn and Pluralsight, um, both really good uh, kind of video-based and interactive resources. But enough advertising for other companies. That's okay. Um, so This is an unsponsored, an unsponsored podcast, so... So that's we're okay. definitely unsponsored. Yeah. So this is just all 100% personal opinion, yes. um, right or wrong. Take it for what it is. It's just us having a chat on a regular day. That's all it is for us. It is. Um, and it's an honor that, uh, you know, our listeners allow us into their homes and offices. So we do appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm saying thank you. Anyhow, um, with KQL, uh, again, the Grafana query editor update for ADX, um, it's another step that removes the requirement of knowing the query language specifically to be able to build queries. So now we can do things graphically and again, uh, removing barriers for technical skill sets in Azure. Yeah. Really cool because it's going to allow more people in consuming data, running analysis, getting data out. Um, it's really easy to throw data into storage accounts these days. Yeah. Super easy, in fact. Um, but it can be difficult to filter that data in a meaningful way and get something out of it. Absolutely. And this is another, uh, it's like there's so many challenges. We could have a whole special episode just on data itself. Yeah. But as we can um, have one on Azure Functions and talking about Azure Functions, you show me a very cool way because all of this uh, that we are doing weekly, it's a lot of preparation uh, to just see what we're going to talk about it. Uh, like we did this, especially this week. And our friend playing around with Azure Functions, I have to say, <laughs> it just builds a way that simplifies our work. So basically, it grabs all the feeds that we have uh, and that we put over there, try to just being more uh, content driven just for our uh, listeners, just for you in this case, that you are listening and viewing our podcast. Um, and these Azure Custom Functions or Azure Functions custom handler, it's now general available. And I think it's what you use, right? If I'm not mistaken, to just doing yeah, that, so, that. So can you explain a little bit more what it did? Sure. Um, I didn't think we were going to get called out on that one today. No problem. <laughs> so, this is a full of so surprise, my friend. Welcome to Azure World. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no shocker, I turned to my good friend PowerShell when I had to solve this problem of uh, information overload and how can I deliver it to us in a way, again, it's easy to collect data, but how can I make it meaningful and easy to consume? So one of the problems with websites for me 
is that it takes a long time for me to filter through, click on all the links, open up, in this case, enough tabs to almost crash Chrome. And <laughs> how, can I, how can I look at that um, ahead of time and decide what we want to uh, talk about, make it a bit easier to filter? So as we go on week over week, I'll improve my code, building in uh, kind of logical filters as we make decisions. And I will start to use different tagging, the different categories and things within these um, uh, updates and blog entries. And eventually, we'll get a list that's already pre-refined and just ready to rip. So what I did was I have uh, a function and I have a PowerShell runbook. And uh, they work a little bit in tandem. It gathers everything from the blog site, gathers everything from the update site takes that RSS, builds them into arrays, uh, kind of writes them back. And then uh, I do some minor filtering, nothing super major yet, but we'll get there. And uh, then spits it into a beautiful little table, uh, puts it in an email. Uh, I added a little bit of wrapping with uh, HTML to make it pretty in the email so that it was easy to read. And that's how we get our list of updates. Uh, and we actually get it every Friday and uh, we can you know, adjust the time, it's just a schedule. And this is the wonderful thing. As the feeds change, if we want to incorporate a third feed, we just do that. If we want to remove a feed because it's no longer relevant over time, then we can remove that feed. And uh, it's a little bit about automating the way to collect all of the information that we present in our podcast together. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a lot of overhead. One of the things I've really learned in the last year um, becoming more and more involved in the Azure community has been the time it takes to prepare. Um, nobody <laughs> prepares you for the time it takes to prepare. <laughs> I, I did advise so I, you that it's not simple um, yes. and it's not easy uh, as, as, as became an MVP, first of all, and then um, getting that award for the first time and is even a little bit more complicated maintaining that award uh, because you are one of the 2000 in the world experts that Microsoft um, awards you with that. And that, that's a really honor for me. And that's the reason that we are doing this as well, uh, because it's, it's not only the intention again of this podcast, um, it's not only going to the news because I'm totally aware that we are not a CNET, that we are not like those kind of, of mechanism. What we want to do is a little bit different what they are doing because they just announced. What we want is to put our experience on the field regarding this. That's why we don't select every single news. We select or updates or announcements. We select the updates that we know, that we've been touching, that we've been that we've been playing around and to see how applicable is that to our world of the infrastructure world of Azure or on the path as well um, to that site. So we are not developers as I think we already uh, mentioned that and you already probably that you are listening and viewing um, are aware of that, but we are IT professionals that we work every single day, um, every single day during the year uh, on, on the cloud technologies. And I think that is the difference of this podcast. 
because we are not only here to just say, hey, Microsoft released this or Azure is, is doing that. and every, We are trying to put the bridge between what they announce and how applicable is that in our real lives. And I think that's the difference, exactly. right? Yeah, and um, for me, uh, I feel much the same way because when I read the news, it's nice to uh, kind of understand what does it mean for me? Um, you know, what does it mean for one of the clients that I yeah. work with and the business that I'm working in? And uh, that's where we try to kind of build that bridge and, you know, close the gap about, you know, here's some information about an update that was done, you know, go yeah. run. Uh, you know, when we do, we, when we have time, we go in and we play with that technology and uh, we try to learn these things as they're released. Uh, sometimes in preview, sometimes it has to wait till it hits GA before we can Absolutely. touch it. Um, it. It is what it is. But uh, I also see I'm getting the wrap up on the screen yes. there, which is really because now uh, we have Azure Stack Edge VM support in public preview. So this one's actually pretty cool, it right? So it's another step with IoT. It's not only IoT. Okay, and that's the part that I want to, to clarify. Azure Stack Edge was announced, I think, on Ignite. Um, mm -hmm. And this is, this is a, a very cool, um, a very cool device. Okay, so Azure Stack is, is, is a device that you put it on your end. Um, they are putting everything that is device related to Azure as Azure Stack. You, you have Azure Stack, you're starting with Azure Stack as a rack. That was the first evolution. And now they, they are, they didn't see that there was so many uh, or so approachable for the, for the, for the customers. Uh, and the reality was really expensive. It was a brutal um, piece of, of or, or, or a rack in this case. Um, and they're starting to reduce that into a, a smaller footprint. But Azure Stack Edge is just like Satya used to say, is to make the edge, in this case, more intelligent. So yes, it's for IoT. Of course, that doesn't have exactly the same power as the Azure Stack. Um, but the Azure Stack Edge, it was mainly for receiving uh, IoT, AI, and business applications, in this case, at your location. So if you're going to the if you're going to the, the blog post and if you click on learn more, you see that you have the two series of Azure Stack. We have Azure Stack Pro and Azure Stack Mini. So and if you see those are kind of small form factors that you have of a server that you have some compute power, you have running Azure inside of it. Okay, you can manage by Azure Arc. Um, and now what they are announcing is besides having only the services that is available on Azure Stack Edge, now you can run virtual machine. So Exactly. Yeah. So now you can build even more customization yes. with your Edge or IoT or other applications. Yes. And it makes it easier to host that VM locally, but still have it fully Azure connected and managed. And like you said, uh, with the Azure Stack 2.0, everything coming out uh, very recently, now Azure Arc is able to also help you uh, reach it much yeah. quicker and easier for... And management. you will see that, that this is one of the first steps 
the next step of Azure Stack Edge announcement is that now availability of Kubernetes and it goes exactly mm -hmm. on the same way that, that we are talking about. So Azure Stack Edge now, they they starting to have this. And if you look at uh, two years ago when they, when they launched Azure Arc, the part of managing uh, the extensibility of Azure to on-prem and to other cloud partners uh, or other cloud providers, in this case, AWS, for example, that you can deploy exactly on the same way and manage the same way all of that Azure wor workloads to different uh, areas, on-prem and cloud providers, for example, uh, AWS, they start with a, sum with a subset of services, exactly the same way that we're seeing over here. So. If you noticed, Azure Stack Virtual Machines were on preview. Azure Stack Kubernetes now systems, it's available. So it's general available. Yeah, it's, it's GA. GA. That's right. And then we will see yeah, this I, I, moving forward, right? Exactly. Um, so we're going to, I think we're going to see in the new year a bit of a, a push. We're going to see uh, a whole bunch of updates coming out in January and February. Uh, for things like this containerization, right? So you're going to see things getting pushed more into Azure Stack uh, HCI. You're going to see it yeah. on uh, Azure Stack Edge yeah. as well. So um, I really loved in this one, it says uh, in this update, just click a button in the Azure portal and Azure Stack Edge will create a Kubernetes cluster and keep it running for you. Kubernetes has uh, been cool. one of my places <laughs> that I've been working a lot um lately right. and it's it's a totally mind-blowing what you can do with this um and and for me uh, it's one of my of my preferred ways talking about kubernetes public preview on uh, aks pod identity so this is mm -hmm. really cool what is pod identity is the way that you can secure your kubernetes with azure ad done Exactly. It's so freaking, so I, I would say it's so awesome. I'm really excited about this <laughs> because it was one of the things that we could not do it. Um, and now it is. It simplifies the RBAC, the role-based access control to exactly. all the containers. It's really, really uh, putting Kubernetes on a, on a different level because Kubernetes was exactly. only a platform an infrastructure platform. And I'm sorry to steal, to, to steal a lot of what you're saying, but I'm really passionate about this, as you probably uh, already identified, right? Well, I, well, we know that you're passionate about uh, the containerization and it's really cool. Um, what excites me, <laughs> weird, but uh, RBAC and Azure yeah. AD, um, it, it's so flexible and this is maybe something that highlights, now this is in preview, I wanna maybe yes. say that, but this really highlights how flexible both of these technologies are and how the Azure teams are working so hard to bring all of these things together yes. uh, to make them yes. so much more usable and manageable. And like you said, uh, all we have to do now is configure the RBAC, configure the identities, and then we bind it to the container resources in yes, Kubernetes, exactly. right? And uh, that's how it's done, just like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be any more complicated no. than that. Now it's part of the role. Uh, that's it. That's it's part you of the plot. You're yeah. good to go. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and yeah. Um, and again, I think I repeat a few times on last podcast. I, I will never stop repeating. 
preview. Preview means that you don't ploy in production. <laughs> I just want to to be on the same page. Did you say that this one is in production? No, no, in preview. You should play around, but you should not ploy, deploy these in production. I know that's a very exciting. So we don't deploy. No, no, it's not deploy. It don't deploy in production or with production workloads. Oh, I got it. You have to remember it's my first week in Azure again, right? So <laughs> every single week is your first week, right? <laughs> you know what? Actually, this week it kind of does feel a little oh bit like that because there's so many yes. new things. Um, it's a bit like a kid in a candy store, <laughs> I want to say, because there, it was tough to pick and choose what we wanted yeah. to do. Um, but uh, here we are. So let's keep it yeah. moving forward. AKS more resource view. So general availability of AKS. I think it was the week of AKS. We have what four already announcements of of AKS. Oh, I think so with AKS. So far, yeah, Kubernetes. And so yeah. this is with resource view. So now developers can point and click uh, in this case on navigation to see the live ones. Really cool. It was on preview. Yeah, I and now, played a lot and now with you it, can but do I it. really loved how you can do the drill down and the click through on the uh, on the different deployments. Yeah. And I've I've only played enough with Kubernetes to be very dangerous, uh, to be honest with you. But um, as I learn more, and uh, I think uh, you and I will, you know, maybe spend some time together uh, over uh, the Christmas season and the holidays, and maybe I should uh, ask uh, a guy I know about deploying uh, CICDs <laughs> with Kubernetes containers. <laughs> so yes. anyways, this one is in GA and you can use this in production environments. Um, and it's actually really cool. The resource view does make life a lot easier. But again, here we are the push back to graphical in uh, yes. Azure. Uh, really interesting to see uh, where this is applying. Um, yeah, and this, this particular on Kubernetes is Kubernetes is very easy to deploy um, because mm -hmm. you have a lot of good examples on, on the internet um, and uh, it's really easy to deploy. The most difficult part is the part to manage. Um, and that yeah. is where, I know. where the trick is because deploying this, um, you can deploy like, like Andrew mentioned, just click over here and we're deploying a cluster for you. Awesome, really cool. But all of the things behind that on architecturing this uh, from the VNet standpoint of view, from the resource groups, from the, the, the access controls and everything else, it's a totally different uh, world. And that is only the world of designing and architecturing the solution. Now we're talking about the part that is after the implementation that is managing. That is a different That's world right. as well. Yes, moving everything into operations, yeah. right? So the oper operally, oper operation, oper operationalization. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> too many letters. Oh my in that God. One. We have to simplify. Uh, moving things into yeah. ops. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, with Azure Monitor on there, uh, kind of layered over top, it, it's going to allow better monitoring Completely. of uh, resource consumption, which helps uh, everybody deploying these solutions to make sure we're not uh, ramping yeah. up costs yeah. and things too quickly. And, talk, that and said, talking about that, public preview on Azure Monitor. 
Uh, I, I think I am too fast cleaners. today. I, don't, I think I drink too no, much coffee you, and I apologize. Uh, you have to keep me moving. That's a tough job uh, all on its yeah. own. It's at least a part-time job. <laughs> but uh, you're right. Another preview. So this one's in preview, public preview. Uh, Azure Monitor for containers um, has new reports tab and deployment live logs. That was really cool. Uh, I was looking at that. So it's a little bit about merging the last announcement and this announcement together. Yeah. Some things in production, some things in preview. Um, I wish we could have kept these ones a little bit more in sync uh, from preview to GA, but uh, it's nice to know that maybe in a short amount of time, this one will also hit GA. Um, I think it's gonna be really neat because um, now we can see, uh, again, visualization for Kubernetes with the node disk, the node network, the workloads, persistent volume monitoring, and uh, visualizing everything is now uh, just a, a click yeah. operation um, in, in the in the. They are a little bit different because one is more for the developers, like the one that we did talk about it before, the, regarding the general ability of AKS resource view. It's more on the perspective of the developer. So now you can see after the deployment when you are um, uh, developing the solution, you can see all of the resource that you are using and, and everything else. This is like the AKS is already, the solution is already in production. Now we need to monitor it. Uh, and that was another thing that we mentioned last, last podcast about monitoring uh, Kubernetes, or I think it was two podcasts I don't remember right now, I think a couple of uh, but we already mentioned this, that the part of difficult of, of the Kubernetes is the part of managing and monitoring. Managing is not only like, oh, do I need to scale or not? Because then you can put some, some rules, some automation, and then it will scale up or scale down depending on what you're doing, right? Um, but monitoring this to just seeing, especially live logs, because you can put a lot of those rules uh, and a lot of, especially if you have, for example, now a little bit, uh, talking a little bit more technical, if you have, for example, load balancers, if you have other types of uh, um, devices or other types of infrastructure just monitoring if it's available or not, if you have errors on deployment, if you are redeploying that container in that pod or you need to move that, whatever it is that it is, that you are doing, this right now gives you all of that uh, light. Like, I think this is more, uh, um, this is what I'm talking about and showing again, the public preview on monitoring containers report. It's more mm -hmm. for you that you like blinking lights, red, uh, 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 <laughs> red, green, the, the dashboards, port, right? right? The, the stoplights with uh, reds, bad, green is good. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is this is a good way because now, we can we can starting to see that it's not only about deploying we need to keep the things going we need to keep running and we need to keep always improving and it's always come to the part that i love about azure devops that is the cicd the continuous improvement continuous deployment is that life cycle that i love um it's about this because this is going to be our source to just improve and to just change. So it's not like you're deploying and you forget it. Especially with Kubernetes, that, my friends, will never happen. So if you want to deploy something like Kubernetes to just forget it, 
probably should choose a VM or something like that because that's not <laughs> going to happen. Uh, I, that's why I yeah, love about well, Kubernetes. That's where you would deploy a, a yeah. See, if you want to uh, set it and forget it, you need to deploy a VM, put IIS on it, uh, load your your generally static site. Maybe you might have some .NET um, dynamic content in there, but that's about all you're going to have. Kubernetes is definitely intended for uh, tighter code, first of all, but also uh, a much more flexible deployment, okay. right? So. Uh, it's adaptive with the different technologies. You can change the frameworks that you're using inside of that. And you can do uh, a lot more different things. And that front end doesn't care what you're using for data in the back end. It's a completely separate container it piece. Is. And that's the beauty of it. It's uh, much more flexible, much more scalable. And uh, you, know, you, can, um, you can push out many hundreds or thousands of containers. You know, you think of... Um, you know, big websites, how are they handling that? That's part of how they handle it is containerization, yeah. right? So you isolate the roles and push out many more uh, containers to handle it and let Azure worry about that infrastructure underneath to power yeah, it. Absolutely. And talking about clusters, uh, do you want to make the, the announcement? Sure. So now in GA, uh, infrastructure encryption for Azure Monitor dedicated clusters now generally available. So uh, infrastructure uh, uh, in the encryption at infrastructure level now provided for Azure storage. So data coming in to Azure Monitor is uh, now going to be encrypted. It's encrypted in transit, of course, but now it's encrypted at rest as well within the storage account. And you can have, <coughs> excuse me, you can have it on uh, Azure Monitor dedicated clusters. Um, really important because a lot of businesses, uh, I think we talk once in a while about uh, complex uh, certifications like HIPAA, um, things like that. Uh, DCI PSS is another one that uh, I've started dealing with with one of my clients again. And uh, these different certifications for uh, security and safety of data yeah. really um, can be hard on uh, operations yeah. staff to exactly. attain. Because you know when, uh, when you and I come in, uh, we say, okay, you know we're gonna do things this way, we're gonna build it out like this, it's scalable. And then we always include the little list of except for. Like small <laughs> letters, right? So, right, we use the fine yeah. print uh, <laughs> theory. Um, we're kind of buggers that way sometimes. <laughs> Because we say, hey, yeah, use this cool feature. It hits 98% of what you need to do. The problem with these certifications is they look at that little 2% that it doesn't do. And we have to make sure that, uh, you know, when we say our data is encrypted 100% of the time, well, hold on now. Is it really? You have to validate yeah. those things because that's what these, uh, these certifications do. They have really smart people that come and they look yeah. at these things and they say, hey, Marcos, uh, you're using Azure Monitor. That's really great. You even have a dedicated cluster to do your monitoring. Really smart. Problem is you didn't encrypt the data within that yeah. cluster. But well, that's what this addresses, it is. Right? So it is. And, and, and the good yeah. thing about this is if you read this and they say that if you deploy this from November of this year, right, this is already done for you. It's uh, uh, from now on, or this case from November, from, from since November, everything that you are doing regarding infrastructure encryption 
on Azure Monitor dedicated clusters, it's already encrypted. You can validate, you can see that there is a, a switch there that you can validate if your dedicated cluster in Azure Monitor, it's or, it's or not using the encryption, what they call the double encryption, if it's enabled or not. And if it's not, you can enable it. Um, it's a very, very simple PowerShell or in this case, Azure CLI that you can use it uh, to just validate mm -hmm. that. Okay, so really cool, really cool announcement uh, regarding that area, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, you know, these little fixes one step at a time. Uh, big improvements yeah. though, right? These small updates, yeah. big improvements. It's a crazy thing. Talking about Azure Monitor, we have a new preview. Um, and this is pretty cool. Uh, a new Azure Monitor agent that the collection rules uh, capabilities release in public preview. Um, so this is supports now Arc Server. What is really cool supports for the Arc Server, so Windows and Linux, supports VMSS and the installation via ARM templates. So uh, the way that you can collect all of that data and all of those rules are really, really cool, right? And this is more your area. Absolutely. Uh, the areas of the blinking lights, the Christmas trees, the dashboards, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I like this stuff a little bit more. Um, I have to admit, a little bit more. <laughs> so I I, I learned uh, a, a long time ago, actually. Um, well, maybe not long ago, but uh, you know what? Not soon enough. Is what I, I would say that if your work isn't fun, um, don't do it. Uh, you really have you you know you can have a bad day, you can have a bad week, and you may even have a month where you know you're involved, say, in a project that. It can be uh, extra challenging for, you know, lots of different reasons in life, right? Um, but if you have, you know, two months in a row that are maybe more challenging, and uh, I know I haven't done a Christmas mental health talk yet, but here we go. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's important that we think about our own happiness and staying yeah. healthy. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you need to change things up. You can't always control everything around you. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of wait things out. But here's my uh, little pep talk for, for Christmas season. If you need help, please do reach out. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking for help exactly. when you need it. And uh, it's something that, uh, as you know from me, Marcos, is very close to my heart. And uh, if somebody needs some help, uh, please, you know, phone your local agency and ask. Um, there's lots of free ones around Canada and the U.S. and Europe. I'm, you know, areas that I know of. Um, uh, you know, always, uh, always ask your friends, ask uh, a professional and reach out if you need it. Um, it can be a hard time of year. And especially this year with these, uh, shutdowns and COVID, it's been really crazy. Um, lots of different turbulence this year and different factors weighing in, but, um, yes, please, uh, consider that you must also be happy to be able to do a good job. You have to have a positive attitude. <laughs> Absolutely. And Absolutely. It's, it's important. Um, and I know uh, uh, for uh, yourself as well, you, uh, I think it was last week you were talking with me about um, uh, ASR, site yes. recovery, and how they had a major update for ARC support in there as well. So we have, uh, you know, we have multi-cloud, multi-premises um, 
uh, abilities to reach out with ARC, really cool stuff on its own. Um, ASR, same uh, kind of scenario. Um, and in fact, I read, uh, I've been too much time on Twitter this week, but uh, I read a tweet from <laughs> somebody who was doing a presentation for uh, special MVP days, uh, I think in Europe it was. And uh, they said, yeah, they had a server under their desk with a VM cluster on it. And uh, then they had a power outage. But guess what? The server was reachable in Azure, thanks to ASR. Um, so it's one of those really cool things. And this is part of that, right? So Azure Monitor Agent, again, integration with all of these different things and the ability to move it into uh, ARM templates so that you can just write your deployment once and then push it to many. Again, it's the scalability, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the another one, and now we're talking a little bit more uh, or talking sub, changing subject to do databases and SQL and all of that. Um, announcement of the in preview of the transparent data encryption with customer managed keys for SQL database Hyperscale. So. Mm. That's a mouthful. It is. It is a very big title. And I had to look at the computer so I cannot say it wrong because and <laughs> speak slowly because it's a mouthful completely. So, so what does that mean? Bring your own keys is a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, what, is, what is bring your own keys about, Marcos? So we talk about the encryption keys. What does, what does it mean to bring your own? So you have your, you probably have your own device that does encryption keys. There are lots of, of organizations that they have those appliances that they do um, called HSM, for example, that they do all of these encryption keys because they have like a, a, a way that they can do it and they can store that physically. Um, so bring that into something that you already have uh, into Azure and not using the Azure ones. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, basically, so transfer that encryption so, uh, for using uh, your BYOK, not BYOD, but BYOK. That's where I went yes. wrong. I did bring my own beer, but uh, we'll stay no, away that's from that. That's BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> I get confused sometimes. <laughs> I don't. I would love to hear a story. Yeah, you know what? If you have a story about the time that you heard or saw somebody who snuck a can of beer into the data center, go to Azure Centric and let us know uh, in the yes, comments. Yes, please. We will invite you. Uh, we will invite you. We want to hear about all of those. And I have I have a couple of, of podcasts that we will have. I'm starting to prepare a lot of other different types it's not going to be the weekly news, it's going to be like an extraordinary podcast. Like we did, we had one, one set we talk about the subscriptions. We went that we talk about the Azure Bastion. Mm -hmm. And we had another one that was talking about, that one, yeah. um, that's a very popular one, uh, about certification, for example. Uh, that is mm -hmm. one. That one was cool too. Yeah, we talked about a lot of different um, reasons around certifications and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people have big opinions on whether they should be certified yeah. or not, which um, for me is still surprising. Um, what? I mean, I don't I don't take a lot of tests, as you know, but uh, when I do, um, it's a big deal, and I talk for a long time about it. 
<laughs> because it's uh, uh, I, I, I can study the material, I can do the things, I can go hands-on, um, but I'm not a good test yeah. taker. And uh, for me, it's really cool, and it was a big honor this year to become an MCT uh, because I really have been trying to deliver training to people who have the same challenges that yeah. I do. And uh, I did get to work with a company this past fall where they had a lot of their in-house staff and they were very apprehensive about taking the tests. And I, it was really good because we, now granted we sat down in yeah. teams, but uh, we did sit down together in teams and talk about, um, you know, I may have this knowledge um, and I feel the same way yeah. you do about taking these tests. And it was, it's, it's actually really cool. I think, um, you know, that level of sharing and uh, helping people through these things is, is really cool. I'm sorry. Sorry for what? I, well, I'm, no, I, I think I hijacked your conversation. No, totally. <laughs> this is normal. This is our podcast. We're just talking about SQL and we talk about certifications. And now guess what? You're going back to SQL again. <laughs> but now More with SQL. Private Link. So Private Link is one of the things that okay. we already spoke last week as well. Um, mm -hmm. It was not related to SQL, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But private link for Azure SQL Data Sync and Azure SQL Database, it's now on public preview. Uh, so that's a good thing. This is a cool one it's, too, right? it's good to see that we are moving all of these past services, right? All of these serverless services, but we can reach only internally. So we can make those applications and make those services only available internal with the private link. Um, because those services... It's really good yeah, stuff, it is. right? It uh, really helps to secure things. And even in the article, they talk about um, kind of government cloud. Um, I know that there's been a big push in, uh, at least in Canadian uh, financial companies, that they're really looking at the scalability of Azure to help solve their yes. problems. Um, you know, the, the whole pandemic situation has really been changing the way businesses solve yeah. problems. And I think, as weird as it sounds, I think that actually Private Link can help solve some of these challenges that especially finance companies have. Uh, and that's making sure that data stays only in And it's not only that. It's trying to, to run away from what I see from this is, that is, is probably a different perspective. Because if you don't have Azure, if you don't have Private Link, the only option that you have is to use a VM with SQL. Right? So exactly. we're talking about not only the cost, but we're talking about the different type of management. We're talking about patching the server, patching the SQL, be able to doing all of that. Mm -hmm. The beauty of going serverless is not manage, not wasting time or wasting resources that they are perfectly capable, like for example, you and me, to just relieve from those um, daily tasks that we can automate that and we can leave to the other level to just increase increase um or to just enhance the solution and application the scalability the performance and everything else that's where i see this going forward because it's like um i was listening to a, a podcast uh, of the the new millenniums and they're saying deploying azure deploying a vm with with sql it's so 2012. 
Uh, I, I grabbed that expression <laughs> and I apologize if I'm not saying right, but <laughs> I got that expression from that podcast of, of the millenniums um, that they are saying right now, this is so 2012 and say, why 2012? It was my, and then I, I, I did a little bit search. It's, it's that expression now that eight years ago, and look at this, eight years ago, um, it's really, really past. And I say, really? We have like over 20 years of, of experience of this. So I'm what, like the grand, grand, granddad of this? <laughs> well, I, I know you're talking seriously about moving from infrastructure to platform as a service, yeah. right? And this is a good, serious conversation. But have I ever told you about the reason that I cut my hair so darn short? No. It's because I learned Microsoft Exchange. And uh, one of the things I had to do was patch exchange. And you don't only patch exchange, as you may know, as a former exchange expert yourself. Uh, not former, uh, I'm well, still I am. Say former, you're still yeah. an exchange expert. You just, you know, we don't have to learn those things as much yes. as we used to. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was patching exchange and well, if you wouldn't know it, the, uh, the cumulative update for Windows uh, had a major conflict with the service pack for Exchange. I think it was, I want to say it was a 2010 server. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to say what we were doing was restoring. <laughs> so yeah. We weren't restoring just a piece of it. We had the Windows server. We had the other software that was on there, like anti-spam software, antivirus software, all these things. And then not the least of which was the bloody Exchange server software itself. But then we had all of the configuration. We had to, uh, we had a big nightmare with certificates from a restore, as you probably have uh, helped other clients with in yes. the past too. <laughs> certificates, I don't want to talk, that makes me want to be my uh, BYOB <laughs> right now. <laughs> but so... You know, the reason the reason that all of these things uh, kind of come together is because when I think of all of those headaches and uh, having to cut my hair short because I was pulling it out so much, now we have Azure SQL. It's the same thing. So uh, I had similar experiences with SQL servers as well. I've done lots of data work in, in the past as well. And uh, when I think about Azure SQL, um, it's so much nicer platform, right? Uh, moving from infrastructure focus to platform focus, uh, way easier on uh, us as yeah. administrators, first of all, but it's also cheaper for the company, right? So uh, they don't have to pay us to learn all these things. They don't have to pay us to sit and patch. And uh, we simply just- Yeah, exactly. And and I, I, I have my hair short because I did spend a lot of times on exchange and the front part of my head, it's already without hair. Uh, that's why I cut my hair to just try to too much. just try to 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 hide that expertise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because you know uh, administrators, as uh, we move forward in the world, um, you know. Uh, we're going to have all of these different challenges yeah. as we go into the future. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna watch this podcast in twenty years and go, oh my god, you guys, what is exactly. wrong with you? Why would you ever? You are so two thousand and twelve. 
So let's move forward the first because we, we, we still have a few updates to do it and we are already being very long. Um, so Azure Research Logs, um, Resource Logs for Azure Storage is now in public preview. So again, we talked about Azure Storage uh, last week. Now this is Azure Resource Logs uh, is on public preview. So really cool feature that we are talking about. The logs, they will provide a detailed information about what was successful and failed requests uh, on your storage devices. And this is for exactly. the Azure Data Lake storage generation to Azure files and all of that. So very cool um, uh, seeing that Microsoft is addressing that. And I'm absolutely sure that this is going to being addressed and they already mentioned i was just double checking to the sim uh tool mm -hmm. in this case to azure sentinel um azure that sentinel is something again. that yeah. you are starting to like it right so you took you took my <laughs> advice so that's that's good that's good uh, about that <laughs> exactly yeah i'm getting into uh sentinel a little bit um but i thought it was really cool with this update that they have the uh, the query and analysis experience with log analytics. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of parallel to uh, Sentinel, yeah. right? Okay. Moving forward, and I apologize for getting these too fast, is Azure Repos. Uh, the new enhance and, and, mm -hmm. and pull request experience makes everything so easy now. It's really easy. Yeah, so this is your new world, right? So you, you do a lot of pushing and pulling. I do all my blog posts right now. And all of this that I'm doing is regarding um, CICD. A lot of push, uh, git, git commit, git push, and all of that is what I'm doing. It's so simple. Uh, I highly recommend doing it. I probably will do some kind of uh, exclusive, pod not podcast, but exclusive videos about this. Because it's really, really simple. You guys should should um, start looking at that. You know that. what I would like to do? Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna like uh, in the middle of this random podcast on the middle of the internet. Let's do a live event uh, where you teach me about CI/CD. Uh, let's take this learning to a new sure. level. Let's do it live, and people can sit and laugh at me. How does that sound? <laughs> I, already, I think they already laugh at us. Because at least we laugh to each other. <laughs> really, he understands these complex concepts. But what's wrong with Windows Notepad again? <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the other one. That is Azure Storage, Azure Blob Storage. <laughs> I think this is more, the, I think it's the funniest blog podcast that we do. We do do a lot of laugh about this, but yeah. Azure Blob Storage, NFS 3.0. Uh, 3.0 now it's mm -hmm. supported on public preview for uh, GPV2 uh, version to this case right storage accounts so good to know that yeah. our friends from the Linux world now they will have um, blob storage with uh, with support right yeah and there's a, there's a couple of kind of catches yeah. with it right so, as usual um, during yeah, so it's only available in, you know, like we've said, uh, not everything is always in every region. So uh, in this article, please go read it. We're not going to list them. 
uh, go and check out and see what regions this is applicable to. Um, and because it's in preview, you can, uh, you know, uh, add this to your testing tenant or your dev test, whatever. And um, I think you request to have it approved for the preview, but that's okay. And then uh, just keep it out of production for crying out loud. But uh, during the preview, uh, the data that's actually stored is billed at the same cost as uh, just generic Azure blob storage, yeah. right? And I thought that that one was nice. It's kind of a good uh, bit of a gift for uh, helping Microsoft test and vet all of these yeah. new features. Um, but there you go. So moving on. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad to say uh, IE 11 will no longer be supported for uh, Azure Portal as of the end of March of this coming year. So in about three and a half months, I think, if my maths are correct on that one. Um, the reason I think that I'm a bit sad to see it end, though I don't often use IE 11, we do have a lot of government clients and finance companies that still use uh, Internet Explorer. Now, of course, everybody's been moving towards Edge for quite some time. But not all companies make it across the line before these deadlines. Um, I did work with a government uh, entity here in Canada, I'm going to say three years ago, that was still using, now hold on to your shorts, IE8. Uh, and that was just a few years ago. Uh, that's been out of commission, I think, for over a decade now. Yeah. Um, but they had actually spun up a specific uh, VM in their infrastructure just to publish out IE8 so that uh, their employees, their users could use a in-house application that only worked with that version of IE. So there's different reasons for different companies and organizations that they're tied to this older technology. And it's easy to sit back and kind of have a bit of a chuckle. Yeah, use an IE8, ha ha ha. But, you know, maybe it's going to cost billions of dollars to develop a new application. Um, you know, I don't know these things, um, but nonetheless, uh, IE 11 support's going to end and we're going to move yeah, on. Yeah, with, with the new edge and the edge that they have, that you have regarding that, that you have the possibility of having Internet Explorer compatibility, I think it will, it will, so I, I, I know what you mean. And there are some companies that still have legacy applications that they require a very specific IE or browser um, uh, browser version. Um, but those ones, what we are starting to see, it's a lot of them, they have those uh, application virtualization because mm -hmm. it's not secure for them. Uh, it's exactly. only for using that, that they need to use it. Uh, they will use only for that purpose and they lock down completely and they are using a lot of the other browsers but yeah it's mentioned to it's mentioned to that moving forward and talking about via portal or portal um and a little bit of the two past um announcements the azure storage account recovery it's now mm -hmm. available through the portal uh yeah so, in ga as well and it's ga yeah in ga that's the part that I was missing so if you delete the storage account uh, in the last 14 days, you can go there onto the portal and say recover. Uh, so you are secure. And this is a very, I just want, I know that we already passed and we are already on our 
uh, record podcast in terms of length. But I just want to tell the story that I had a client uh, that called me say, hey, Marcos, and when they starting to be very nice at the beginning, it's because something happened. Oh, okay? yes. <laughs> let's, let, let's be honest. And say, hey, Marcos, how are you today? How is your family? And someone wants to say, okay, everything is okay. So what happened? Say, oh, we have a, a, a trainee here that <laughs> he, he just uh, basically, um, how I can say this, delete the resource group in production. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. And that resource group was with storage accounts. <laughs> so, yeah. I, my first question is, were the storage accounts covered with backups configured? Yes, of course. Oh, that's a very good thing. But now it's even easier though, right? Yeah, now it's even easier because you can recover that. Although mm -hmm. it's like the guy was, was crying, as you can imagine. Oh, I he's can a imagine. trainee. And, he, and that's the dangerous part. And that's why our back, that's why I was so excited when we talk about the Kubernetes uh, uh, pod identity, because it's really important to have your RBAC that. So trainees, uh, they should have freed view, but they should, all of the deletion process should be on a different account. Um, that's, that's at least when I'm doing the Azure Foundation, it's what I recommend to do it. Uh, because it's just for leveraging these type of situations, right? Um, to move into So one that. of the battles you and I have fought in uh, businesses before is RBAC. And, uh, you know, you and I are both very big supporters of RBAC, but companies, for some reason, still resist it because it can be a little bit of uh, difficult, first of all, but it's also a, a bit of overhead because you have to classify different tasks into Absolutely. the roles with RBAC. Absolutely. So yes, I, I totally admit, uh, you know, full disclosure, it's going to take time. And, uh, you know, you need to get HR on board, you need to have uh, people from different departments on board and translators to make sure that they take it from task to role translation, and all these different things. But it's really worth it, because you can define things. Uh, why not have uh, different tiers of administrators, uh, not just giving different permissions all over the place. Why not define roles? And then uh, you can onboard new staff yeah. in stages by moving them through the roles. Absolutely. So moving on, talking about geek stuff and talking about performance and talking about uh, announcements. Uh, that, that's what we hear. This is a very, very new announcement. Intel mm -hmm. SGX-based confidentiality computing VM now available for Azure Decade. We talked about this mm -hmm. a few podcasts ago. Okay. We did, yeah. We talked about confidential computing. Yes. And how, you know, again, it ties into the whole um, kind of security certification and the push of full end-to-end -end encryption. Um, so if you're... Uh, trying to process, say, medical data, um, you know, you want to make sure that, first of all, you're using Azure dedicated host. That way you're never on a shared system, uh, that you have encryption in transit, encryption at rest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Azure Storage can help with that uh, yeah. as well. Azure Monitoring, you can now monitor your hosts and uh, know 
and be assured that all of that data is being encrypted um, and that it's transparent. That's yeah. the thing I think is actually really cool uh, with Azure. A big company like Microsoft, but such granular transparency yeah. about security. Uh, it is. Really important these days. It really, and, and this goes to a news that they released that I, I was very curious uh, to, to see that Microsoft, uh, that was recent, Microsoft now gains the certification of um, super secret or top secret for <laughs> for US government. So it's like, yeah. and, and now it's like, okay, so now they are allowed for uh, all the, those agencies with three letters uh, that we mm -hmm. don't want to mention to not trigger any type of of uh, uh, armless to us. We encourage right? all FBI, CIA, oh, come and, uh, NSA. whatever else, CSIS in Canada, <laughs> please uh, subscribe and follow Exactly. Just to see if we say something that we should not or if it's top secret. Let's reach out to the law enforcement community yeah. here. L let's say now <laughs> RSMP and, and whatever it is, right? <laughs> but they are... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyway. They are already now top secret. So if I'm not mistaken, it's exactly. the first cloud provider that now they can run all of those workloads that is top secret. And that is the toppest uh, of all of this um, confidential computing and all of that. So it's not only applicable to, to uh, healthcare, but for the government as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's uh, it's about that end to end yeah. security, the commitment to security from Microsoft. And uh, again, that, uh, you know, I joke, but law enforcement is actually an area, uh, again, part of where I had uh, some of my grounding in IT. And uh, it's really important for those agencies because they're quite often not only underfunded, but the IT staff in law enforcement is under all kinds of different pressures. And they have to deal with things that you and I, thank goodness, don't yeah. have to deal with. Um, they get uh, really messy investigations and uh, it can be difficult, it, right? So uh, yeah. it, one of the cool things about the, the confidential computing update is uh, their, uh, Microsoft, I should be specific, Microsoft's commitment uh, as example use cases for confidential multi-party data sharing, fraud detection, anti-money laundering, blockchain, uh, all these different things, right? Intelligence analysis. Um, it is a big deal because in the modern world, there's so much data. And we talked about this, I think, near the start of our podcast. <laughs> it seems so long ago. But uh, we talked about how it's easy to get data in to storage but it's hard to make it meaningful and uh, make it easy to consume for humans. So for me, this is just a part of it. It supports yeah. that and it's generally available, yeah. right? Yeah. Last but not least, uh, and it's a very long podcast, um, automatic VM placement. I think we're 25 minutes in, uh, A little bit more than that. Just tiny oh. bit. <laughs> I should use a timer. I actually don't use a timer because I don't like to feel me pressured. Too. I want it me to uh, just yeah, be Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't. But uh, automatic VM placement on Azure virtual machine scale sets available for dedicated hosts. So again, um, this is starting to get all of that 
very good cloud uh, providers, uh, in this case, Azure, or all the things that they're doing on the normal one, but for dedicated hosts. So if you want a dedicated host, now you can have a virtual machine scale sets available. And this is in, in general availability, right? So you can accelerate your deployment using scale sets. So scale sets basically is nothing more than you have the high availability on the cloud. It's not because you exactly. have a VM on uh, on Azure that you are high available. I available. Now it's my turn to be dyslexic. Uh, <laughs> Words are hard. It, yeah, oh my God, yes. <laughs> don't tell me about it. But uh, this is the way that you can increase the dedication, the dedicated host um, with availability as well for your VMs. And it's it's really cool. Uh, and it will work in a conjunction with, with dedicated hosts. Um, so it, it allows new capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's part of, like you said, uh, not just scalability, but the flexibility, yeah. right? So scale sets allow us to define maximums and minimums. And uh, it it's just going to bring another uh, subset of uh, awesome features to the dedicated hosting in Azure yeah. now. And again, uh, you know, we think about that last update uh, with, you know, new security features and things. We're really targeting uh, government agencies and finance uh, sectors for uh, not limited to, but certainly uh, thinking of those areas in particular um, with all the security improvements. Um, but we also want to make sure that we have as many logically uh, applicable features within those dedicated hosts uh, as we can for those clients so that they take, like you said, full advantage of the Azure infrastructure and features. We want them to use the features and services, and this is part of that. So it uh, lets them e more easily manage the uh, applications, and they can scale them up. Um, but again, uh, just a cool improvement, another small update. So I think, uh, I, I don't want to guess, but have we made yeah. it? Did yeah, we make this it? was the last one. So so we, we, we did, we are ending our podcast. Uh, so once again, thank you so much for if you are reaching this point and if you read all of or, or if you listen uh, and, and viewing all of this, so thank you because it was a very long podcast. Um, we had an immense um, fun to doing this. Uh, probably you, you already saw that. So, <laughs> right, Andrew? But uh, absolutely. Yeah, we have a good oh, time yes, doing absolutely. this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is one of the things I look forward to uh, every week, I have to be honest, but um, it, it is also a lot of work. So don't forget, uh, like it, subscribe and uh, tell your friends. Yeah. And if you're in law enforcement, uh, also tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know, Marcos, uh, you uh, you always follow all the speed limits. Oh, so, every time. Uh, you know, nothing to worry about, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have the, the button there. Uh, on my wheel, that is the most used button. That is the speed limit, because I don't want to have any issues with law enforcement. Uh, I love them; uh, they are here to protect us. You know, I and I really I, appreciate. I use the it. cruise control a yeah. lot too, but I don't use cruise control in the winter. And I wanted to say that because if you hit a slippery patch, no, um, don't use cruise control. I'm not saying cruise control. <laughs> I'm saying speed limit. It's different. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you see, your car has different features than mine. Mine, mine's multi-mode. It goes and I did, I did, I did make the the <laughs> firmware updates. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much for uh, for you that you are listening and you reach the end of this record podcast. It was way beyond what we were expected, but with all the news that was uh, this week. We could not miss it. It was a big. It was. Yeah. We took a few out of our agenda, uh, but I think we cover what is really important, at least for uh, for in our perspective, for you to know. We talk about that. We talk a little bit about more um, about how that could be um, applicable to your organization and to you to just to see if that is something that you want to explore or not. Uh, please subscribe again to our to our um, podcasts, to our channels, um, to our uh, social media to just see the news um, and to just uh, have other content as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or to just follow the Azure Tracks. That is for my good friend um, Andrew Lowe's. He have a great contact. It's a cool site. <laughs> he have he have a great content <laughs> as well. And, and let us know uh, what we are doing good or bad. Uh, we just want to hear from you. Uh, if you have funny stories that you want to talk about it, uh, we could create a, a, a podcast only for that. We want your participation. We want you to become mm -hmm. the star of this show. Uh, this is a. F I, I would love to hear the comments uh, for you know for next week about uh, people sneaking uh, soda or whatever liquids into a can of beer or something into the data center. Yeah. Uh, I know when you go when because usually when you go through especially in a, a, a shared hosting environment, the security is pretty strict <laughs> about about <laughs> liquids. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you so much um, once again, um, and see you next week. Thank you so much, Marcos.